I think Beto is a, I think he's a truth teller. I know a lot of Texans who are just like, I got to give up my gun. You know, I, I moved to Texas because, uh, I wanted to make sure that I lived around a bunch of people who would gladly hand over their firearm. This guy is amazing. All right, let me tell you, we have uh, about a 1,000 agents that are right now ready to sell your home. Now, here's how this works. In realestateagentsitrust.com, it's a company that I started, we, we um, hire people that have a very high sense of urgency. They don't wait around. You should, unless you're doing it at night, you should get a response from our team within the hour. Um, they return calls. They do what they say they're going to do. More importantly, they know how to evaluate the value of your home in the market, and you can trust them to get it done because they're the best in your area. If we don't have the best in your area, we're not going to recommend anybody. This is my company, and we work every day to ensure our agents live up to the promise that you will find at realestateagentsitrust.com. Two weeks ago, a guy who was 78 years old, his name is Ulrich Klopfer, he died. Well, he died, and then his family discovered something horrific hidden away in his property. He had carefully preserved body parts of 2,246 people that he had killed. Now, this story is just broken here. You may not know his name, but the coroner's office in Wills County, Illinois, is requesting the removal of the bodies, uh, help in removing the bodies. Police are investigating over 2,000 bodies, which makes him by far the worst serial killer in U.S. history. Now, why haven't you heard this story? I'll tell you in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And now, for your listening pleasure, here are some useless things. Screen doors on submarines, diet water, pet rocks, car warranties the day after they expire. That's the day you know something inside is going to explode for sure. That's probably the way I used to be. You just kind of hang on tight to the wheel and hope for the best. Nowadays, I have car shield, and I don't have to worry about any of this anymore. You don't have to worry about car repairs, the cost, the downtime, the inconvenience of it all. Car Shield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair amazingly simple. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, which frequently isn't the option, but they also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. All of this for free. Car Shield, their administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims. About six grand of that is, I think, due to my old trucks. If you have something that is out of warranty, 
Don't worry about it. Call Car Shield. Car Shield. 1 800 Car 6000. 1 800 Car 6000. Make sure you mention the promo code back and you'll save 10%. Uh, that's the promo code back at carshield.com. Carshield.com. Or you can call 800 Car 6000. Mention the promo code back. Two thousand two hundred and forty six dead people all on the property of this 78 year old man who had been killing these people. This is a new story. It is in Illinois. His name is Ulrich Klopfer. Now, how is it that this story broke on Thursday No red flags on this guy? I mean, he, he, was, he was in a small town. He was in Gary, Fort Wayne, and South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. You probably haven't heard his name, at least linked to mass murder, because he was an abortion doctor. And his industry is defended tooth and nail by the press and by the left. Now, here's Dr. Klopfer. He did have his medical license suspended three years ago. Three years ago. The guy was 78, by the way, when he died. Three years ago, he had his license suspended for failing to exercise reasonable care and violating several notice and documentation requirements. You see, he was neglecting to report abortions he performed on two girls under 14. And it probably was just an oversight, I'm sure. I mean, what's a couple of 14-year-old girls when you've killed thousands of kids? Just another day at the office. Now, just like Kermit Gosnell, the Philadelphia butcher, whom the media was pleased to ignore... Dr. Klopfer's backyard mord had 2,246 babies that will remain mostly anonymous, at least on a national scale. I want you to think about this. Here's a guy who was performing these abortions at home. He had a suspended license. Imagine, imagine if there was somebody who had a suspended concealed carry and just killed 10 people. Imagine what the media would be saying. Democratic Party has made it an airtight part of its platform, defending a woman's right to kill her unborn child, even seconds before birth, even after birth. No matter what they're saying now, as we pointed out last week, What they said was killing the child after birth. And it's it's happening. It's a brave, righteous path. Shout your abortion. Democrats will scream for justice for any persecuted group on the planet, including the animal kingdom, except for one, the unborn. During the testimony before the Indiana Medical Licensing Board three years ago, which had this guy's license revoked, 
it was revealed that Dr. Klopfer had performed an abortion on a 10-year-old girl who had been raped by her uncle. Klopfer, who is required by law to report it, did not report it. Instead, he sent the child home with her parents who knew about the abuse but refused to prosecute. This guy was an expert. He began performing abortions in 1973, right after Roe v. Wade. He was described by a Fort Wayne, Indiana paper as uh, likely Indiana's most prolific abortion doctor in history, with numbers going into the tens of thousands of procedures in multiple counties over several decades. The testimony during his medical board hearing revealed that he had been using the same abortion and sedation procedures since 1973. He only gave pain medication to women under 16 years old or to those who could pay extra. This seems safe and rare, doesn't it? He didn't have staff on hand to monitor the women he did sedate or to help during emergencies. Yet he boasted to the panel that he had never lost a patient in 43 years of performing abortions. Well, it depends on who the patient is. Over the year at his abortion clinics, inspectors found multiple consent form violations in which abortions were performed on women within an hour of signing their consent form rather than waiting the 18 hours between consent and procedure as required by law. Imagine we have a three-day waiting period and somebody only waited two days for it and then used their power to kill, to mutilate, and keep the bodies. Imagine what would be said. They also found an unsanitized medical instrument a whole group of them and staffers who took home the soil linen to wash a refrigerator meant for medication storage contained a two month old abortion specimen, otherwise known as a child. A clinic staffer explained that they were waiting for the remains to be picked up by a, detef- deve- a detective investigating a rape case. How could you get rid of so many bodies? The total blindness of abortion defenders is incredible. This is the kind of help that you're fine with? We found two of these monsters in the last couple of years. Two, not one, two. And you're comfortable with this? All of us at the Whole Women's Health Alliance are shocked by the news. We are proud to serve a community with high-quality abortion care services that respect the dignity dignity of women and families. Really? This guy's been there for 43 years. He buried almost 2,500 children in his backyard. They're shocked by this news? Stockpiling baby parts... And you're shocked by it. Nobody said anything. By the way, only a local news station has uh, reached out in South Bend to Mayor Pete Buttigieg. He hasn't commented on it. There's no response. His office must be scrambling to figure out how to be outraged by the discovery of these bodies, yet continue to defend abortion. The mental gymnastics can't be easy, but then again, he's the guy who said a lot of parts of the Bible talk about how life begins with breath. Holy cow. 
I guess that makes... I guess this makes Dr. Klopfer's sick trophy collection totally okay with so many people. Uh, Today, I just want to spend a few minutes on the crazy things that the left is paying attention to. Crazy, crazy things. They say the greatest threat to lives in America today is climate change. And when it's not climate change, it's guns. But Dr. Klopfer's collection of over 2,200 preserved bodies of aborted babies, which is more than three times the number of Americans killed by shootings on school campuses since 1973. Those 22 babies... Just a fraction of the estimated 50,000-plus abortions that he performed during his life. And that's just one doctor in one state. How many more of them have little collections of their own? Were these 2,200 children special to him in some reason? Is he collecting them because maybe... Maybe these were the abortions that he really wanted to shout, that he was so proud of? 2,200 trophies. If the left is truly concerned about mass killings of children, boy, they really don't know where to look. Okay, you live in an apartment, perhaps you deserve the same level of safety and protection enjoyed by the people who own their own homes, right? If your kids have moved out or they're in college or they're living in an apartment, you want them safe, right? You need something that will give you and them a sense of security while remaining affordable at the same time. And the perfect answer is simply safe. State-of-the-art, around-the-clock monitoring system, second to none. It's affordable, it's reliable, and it's practically invisible. For $15 a month... You can cover every vulnerable place inside and outside of your home or your apartment, wherever you live, with a layer of protection. The choice is really, really clear. It is Simply Safe. Simply Safe has a huge deal going on right now. It's simplysafebeck.com. You go there and you get a free security camera when you order your system. That's a $100 value. You'll have eyes on your home 24-7 and video of evidence if someone tries to get in. So get your free HD security camera now at simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. We live in a crazy world, a crazy world. We are possibly, and I don't think so, because I think I think Donald Trump may be exactly the right president to have with the world uh, itching for war. I don't, I, I just can't see him going to war with Iran, and I thank God for that. But boy, is Iran itching for a war with us. With all of the things that are going on, the oil situation alone, it's up 20 bucks today. Why? Because Saudi Arabia had a, uh, had a drone strike on uh, one of their biggest oil fields. 
and has shut down oil production of about 5% of the world's oil. That's significant. And it looks like Iran was behind it. Now, they say it was the Houthis, but where are they getting a drone? And really, they're funded by Iran. Really? Do you really think they're just like, you know what? We're Houthis. Let's just do it. We don't care. Let's just go on our own. We'll have more on that coming up in in just a few minutes. But this is crazy. Crazy. Then you have Beto. Can we play the Beto who says he's been talking to Texans? I'd like to know who these Texans are. Listen to this. We are proud of gun ownership, but responsible gun ownership that would never entail threatening somebody with that firearm. And so using guns to hunt or for self-defense makes a lot of sense to us here in Texas. Mm -hmm. But having a a weapon of war and even from those Texans who own AR-15s, they've told me this themselves. I don't need this. Mm -hmm. I don't need it to hunt. I don't need it to protect myself. It was fun to use. I like taking it out to the range. But if giving this back or cutting it to pieces or selling it to the government helps to keep us safer, then by all means, let's do it. Because they'll tell me I have kids in school as well. And they ask me whether it's a matter of uh, when or or if a, a killer is going to come into their school and take the lives of their fellow students or take their kids lives. Wow. So would that killer be the guy who wants to give up the gun? I mean, because why would the guy who's giving up the gun, you know, if this is going to help, This is going to help because I know it's just a matter of it's not even it's not even if it's when I know a killer is going to come into my kid's school. That would that if I knew that that was true, I would be there with my gun waiting. I would be demanding that the school has armed personnel around. You know, this is going to happen. And so what do you do? You as a law abiding citizen, give your gun away or cut it up. How does that make sense at all? Right. You're basically admitting you're worried about you committing a mass shooting. Right. Right. You could say, like, I want everyone else's banned, but I want to keep mine because I know I'm safe. Right? Like, that is a progressive position, right? Everyone Mm. else is going to be the bad guy, but I'm okay. These people are apparently coming to him saying, like, I'm actually the problem. Because the only way that you selling your gun back to the government is going to make the world safer is if you were going to use this gun in a terrible way. Let me ask you, Stu, how many people, how many Texans, Texans mm. that own an AR, a weapon of war? Right, you've already decided to do that. Think about the person who's that profile. It is one of the most popular sporting rifles in America, but not every liberal is going to buy them, right? Mm. This is, these are people who care. It's not the first gun you buy either, right? It's it's a gun that you buy. Uh, I mean, what is there? 50, how many it might million? be. It might be a. There's 20 million. ARs. 20 million. I was going to say 15, but yeah. so we have a 20 million. Mm-hmm. So 20 million is again. It's not the. It's the most popular modern sporting rifle, but not mm-hmm. nearly the most popular gun in America. Mm-hmm. If you're someone, if you're a gun owner, it's typically not the first gun you go out and buy. Mm-hmm. You have to l- probably like guns. You mm-hmm. like going to the range, mm-hmm. like shooting them. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily going to be some hardcore anti-gun person that would ever do that so these people have already made the decision to go buy an ar-15 and are now telling beto you know what you're right i can't wait to turn this thing in because gosh you never know when i'll just go into a school and start shooting it that is a weird person that's a person that um let me help you with this doesn't exist this is in california maybe in california maybe i think it's more of a thing where people tell you what you want to hear 
Now, giving besides the fact that it's he's obviously making a lot of this up, right? Like, first off, straight up lying, right? He's just making up people that don't exist when he comes to these large numbers. But has somebody in line at an event told him this? It's possible. That doesn't mean that you should believe them. Hang on just a second. We're talking about mm-hmm. Beto. Have you heard his new song? Is I've... it a new campaign music? No. Yeah, go ahead and play it. Okay, go ahead. Okay. All right. So <laughs> he... nice. Is he playing this himself? It's very uh, nice. No, he's got a little monkey that's playing it oh, now. Wow. Yeah, it's oh, really nice. kind of cool. But uh, So I want to take him dead seriously here on you were saying. He really is at the point where it's just like, what? what's the issue of the day? Okay, what's the craziest thing I can say? Okay, take that, triple it, and let me go make a statement. It is depressed. an absolute. He's a he's so circus. Desperate. He is. Uh, yeah. He is. He's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Please look at me. Please. First of all, anybody who started, we could stop it. Any, anybody who started um, uh, their campaign with saying to the people, mm-hmm. I'll be whoever you need me to be. Tell me who you need me to be. And he's proving that today. Right. You know, I mean, this is he's seeing, well, I'm not getting I didn't get any traction with trying to be the sensible one here. So let me go further than everyone else and see if that one works, because at least at the end of the day, I can get a nice, uh, you know, I can be on MSNBC. When this this thing falls apart, I can go to a think tank. He's completely you know, meaningless. Oh, I agree. I agree. He's completely but, but the, you'll see, meaningless. You see the media totally embracing him now that he's taking all these crazy stances, right? But I mean, but nobody else is. The media might, but nobody else is. But like, how lo- how many times have we had this call from someone in the audience? Um, Hi, uh, lifelong Republican or lifelong Democrat, voted Democrat every single time. But this one time on the election that's coming up is the f- time I'm changing. There are people, obviously, who are lifelong Democrats and have switched on every election we've ever covered. Mm-hmm. However, all those people seem to find their way to call us right before the election. Mm-hmm. And it makes me believe, um, as we found out recently with reports among Democrats, seminar where our callers, seminar callers, Democrats actually did have a program in the 90s with uh, Hillary Clinton. This just came out. It, it's in his his museum. His uh, the Clinton Museum has the documents mm-hmm. showing that they actually did recruit people to call into talk shows to make their points and try to sound like they were average everyday I've always, people. I've always been with you guys, yeah. always. But this time, this one I, time, wow. I gotta give up my gun. Yeah, exactly. I gotta give up my gun because so, it just makes total sense. But. Let me tell you something. I used to hunt lions. <laughs> I used to hunt tame lions. I hunted lions in the zoo. <laughs> and how I'd hunt them is I would shoot innocent elephants that would fall on the lion. <laughs> that, but now, this one time, I got to give up my guns. I got to give up because it just makes sense. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. Whether you watch the Democrat debate or not, by now you've certainly heard, um, you know, as Beto said, they're coming for your guns. It's baked into the recipe of socialism. You have to do that. Now, let me ask. Do you have a better or safer life when the guns are gone? The USCCA has the Confident Family Protector giveaway. It ends this week. If you text the word Beck to the number 87222, you could win $1,000 for free. You can use that to buy a new gun, pepper spray for kids, even self-defense classes. It's a good idea. Do you feel safer every day that you look at the news? 
Text the number or the word back to the number 87222 and a confirmation number will be sent. The USCCA believes in helping protect every responsible American out there. Text the word back to the number 87222. Find out more and claim your entries. You could win this week. For more information, go to protectanddefend.com. proud of gun ownership, but responsible gun ownership that would never entail threatening somebody with that firearm. And so using guns to hunt or for self-defense makes a lot of sense to us here in Texas. But having a a weapon of war and Mm -hmm. even from those Texans who own AR-15s, they've told me this themselves. Really? I don't need this. I don't need it to hunt. I don't need it to protect myself. It was fun to use. I like taking it out to the range. But if (laughs) giving this back or cutting it to pieces or selling it to the government helps to keep us safer, then by all means, let's do it because they'll tell me I have kids in school as well. And they ask me whether it's a matter of uh, when or or if a a killer is going to come into their school Mm -hmm. and take the lives of their fellow students or take their kids lives. Right. And that's why they want to get rid of their gun. Uh, we have a fellow Texan on. You're a fellow Texan? Uh, yes, hello, hi. Hi, how are you? Lifelong Texan, I Lifelong hear. Texan. Right. My name is Big Tex. Big Tex That's is your name. That's what people call me, is Big Tex. Right. I'm, I'm so Texan-ish. It's are, you, are you speaking right now? Yes. Oh, hold on, hold on. Sorry, my cowboy hat was in the way of my ears. All right. So I couldn't okay. hear you speaking All right. because I'm, I'm well, from you're Texas. That te- That's I'm that much Texas-ish. You're th- you're Texas-ish. Yes, in fact, I'm so Texas-ish that I like the Dallas Cowboys, uh-huh. and I like BBQ sandwiches. That's barbecue. Uh, yeah, what? It's barbecue. Yeah, sandwich. barbecue sandwiches, that's yes, right. Yes, okay, right. all right. And so I have, I'm one of the people who spoke to Beto. Now you did. Line. I did. Really? And um, I told him, you know, I have, uh, I, look, I'm so pro-Second Amendment. We love the Second Amendment right. here in okay. Texas. Right. I have uh, all, uh, AR-15, an hmm. AR-12, and right. an AR-29. All right. I have all, I the, a, the, all the AR. All right, so you're not just and, a, you're not right. just going for 15. You you understand them because you have all the previous, right. like and AR-1, I, AR-2. I have high-capacity ammunition for them. Right, okay. Uh, which right. is really, people need to know about that. Of course. And I said I would gladly, <laughs> gladly handle mm-hmm. I am the type, I at first loved my guns, but uh-huh. now I know if I can save one life in a faraway town by giving up my <laughs> firearms, right. that I will do that immediately. Huh. Yeah, I I told Beto that, and I told him um, that last week mm-hmm. um, I drove by a police station and just threw my guns out onto the onto the parking lot because I wanted well, that, them to come collect them. Right. Well, that's because I just wanted them to be out of my hands. And right. some very nice gentleman from a from a couple of the blocks over came over and picked them up. So they were right. uh, they were taken in. All right. Take it in. All right. Um, also, I just wanted to also say that um, when I was talking to Beto, I decided to abort my kid. Right. Uh, we're going to be all set with that. 
Well, you were, but you were you for abortion the whole time? I, I was total. I'm a Texan, so I was against abortion. Right. But I talked to Beto, decided to just start aborting kids. Right. Yeah, started up a practice. Uh, done about 12 so far. Right. Uh, you know, it's an it's an interesting thing to learn about. A little gross, honestly. But, right. Uh, but we're getting good on that process. All right. Good. And, uh, and well, Texas is changing. Texas is totally changing. <laughs> all my friends used to think the Constitution mattered, but they don't now. They all hate it. Right. They hate it. It's old. It's dirt, dirty and dusty. Right. So okay. I've given up all all my guns, and I'm now defending myself with slingshots. Okay. And you are, uh, and you're supporting Beto. And I just want to say, uh, BBQ sandwiches, Beto all the way. All right. Thank you very thank much. You. Another average mm. Texan here on the Glenn Beck program. I mean, Beto is right. Texans are giving up their guns left and right. I think they're really in favor of tax increases now, too. Are they really? Yeah, they really want yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. They, they all think they make too much money now. Right. I've talked to a lot of Texans have who, who have spoken with Beto. Can I, t- can I tell you, I talked to a Texan that was talking that to he Beto. Did he talk to Beto? He had talked to Beto. Okay. He used to fly mm-hmm. the come and take it flag. Oh. Okay. That's how That's how <laughs> Texans... That's a Texan ish he yeah, was that's how texans really feel about someone coming and taking firearms away mm-hmm. they have a flat a historic flag <laughs> around the concept that just says come and take it uh but i was talking to that guy and he not only flew that flag he was making those flags for oh, wow. years did he make a lot of money on him oh he was filthy rich yeah millionaire from a millionaire, millionaire just yeah. from mm-hmm. and he said you know what <laughs> i feel as though i'm responsible for all of the killings yeah and i said and the hatred did you what did you and he said i was just making flags and he said so i am giving up all of my guns all of them <laughs> And I said, wow, do you think that's a really good idea? And he said, yeah. Yeah. I'm a Texan. Right. And was he was he fixing to kill a lot of people? And now he, he wasn't he, fixing he, he, he to kill it, but he was so upset at, at his his <laughs> lifelong conservative Texas friends uh-huh. who didn't see eye to eye yeah. that he said he was fixing to kill people. Yeah. And yeah. so then he was going to turn in his yeah. gun. I talked to another yeah. Texan good. who was just mm-hmm. out, you know, trying to shoot for some food. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what up, happened? Up up from the ground came this bubbling crude. Texas o- gold? Yeah. Oil, uh, that oil, is. Oil, that is. And, uh, uh, wow. and he was really <laughs> upset because he's like, now I've got an oil spill. These damn guns. Oh, I gotta it's get an environmental them. catastrophe. Catastrophe. He's oh, probably in prison now. By the way, Pat, you know another catastrophe? What? Uh, Miami. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, well, I want to play AOC because she's the expert. Oh, we know that. All right. So here's AOC on Miami. Listen. When it comes to climate change, what is not realistic is not responding to the crisis on the, on the not responding with the solution on the scale of the crisis. Because what's not realistic is Miami not existing in a few years. That's not that's, realistic. You're right. That's not realistic. <laughs> no, I don't think that's the point she's making. Oh, she's oh, saying oh. that Miami will be gone in, in a couple of years. No, no, she a didn't few. say a couple. She said a, a few. few. That's five, maybe six. Okay. Uh, so let's not throw Miami in a panic. All right. All right. It's not two Miami. Relax. It's not two. You've got five or six years to get the hell out of here because it's going to not exist in just a few years. Where will it go? 
Does anyone know? Um, I hear it's moving to Atlanta. Oh, wow. Right. That'll make Atlanta and Miami really big. Uh, huge. Right? Huge. Yeah, if, you're in, a big if, you're in, if you're in Atlanta, huh. huge Stay things. there because lots of people are coming. Your price of your house is going to skyrocket. Wow. Because uh, Miami's moving your way mm-hmm. with the buildings and everything. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, it's going to be underwater. Oh, wow. It's going to be underwater. Oh, no. Yeah. Like Atlantis. Uh, exactly like Atlantis. Yeah. You mean the casino, right? <laughs> it'll be just like it'll be just like that. Now, in case that's not enough, we have uh, one more piece, Pat, that I would like to play for you. Okay. Because, yeah, the world's you know on the brink of the of war with Iran. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, you know, our our economy and China and and all the things that are happening around the world. The fact that they're uh, are 50 million slaves today that are enslaved. But during the 400-year history of the uh, slave trade, the Western slave trade, there was 12 million slaves. But we have to concentrate on that and not on the f- 50 million. I want to play one more thing because this, uh, I think Ilan Omar mm. has really nailed it here. You could worry about mm. Miami. You could talk to more Texans who want to give up their guns. But I want you to hear what she said. Here's Elon Omar uh, talking about migrant centers. We arrived in Ghana, and one of the first things we did was to visit what some would say um, is a castle, but they were dungeons. He started giving us a description of what was what used to take place um, mm. as the Africans mm. were um, being kept, uh, were were held there as captives, mm-hmm. and every time he gave a description, I'd had this sort of flashback, mm. and that image mm-hmm. was from today. Sure. I sure. couldn't. Yeah. Stop seeing images of the current camps we have mm. um, here mm. at our borders in exactly the United like, States. Mm. Exactly, exactly like exactly the like African like slave dungeons. Same thing. Same, same exact no, seriously. thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. She's really, you're right. She nailed it there. She nailed it. She nailed it. She nailed it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say anything else other than... I've talked she to a lot it. of Texans. Yeah, just this Do weekend. Do they all agree with they what she said? All, all of them agree with them. Well, there's they one talked to guy. Beto first, there's right? One guy. Yeah, they were talking to Beto. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and well, I mean, I didn't talk to him. He talked to him, and then he told me that he had talked to him, and I was trying to sound cool, right. by saying I talked to him, but he talked to them, and all of them said they're giving up their African slave camps now. Wow. All of them. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, you know, yeah. I'm a Texan, and when you're in Texan, mm-hmm. when you're a Texan, you have to have like a African uh, slave, slave camp or camp. a dungeon in your house. Yeah, and they're all yeah. saying, "I'm going to board mine up." Wow, I'm going to board mine up. They're tired they're, of being tired. sex slave masters. Yes, tired of it. Dungeons. They hate Jeez. them now. Wow, they hate them. I'm keeping mine. Are you? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I haven't talked to Beto, so I right. don't see anything wrong with it. 
Uh, maybe it's just me. I don't know. <sighs> Can I ask you another question? Uh, yes, a please. story I didn't understand. But again, I'm one of those stick in the mud Texans now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kavanaugh story. Oh, yeah. It's powerful, isn't it? Powerful. 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 Now, <laughs> now the New York Times had to come out and uh, and correct the story saying, oh, by the way. She doesn't the, remember any of this. The woman who is the, quote, Gosh. victim has no recollection of all this. Uh-huh. But we're telling her it happened to her. Right. So, so we reminded her. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, I think it's very, very positive. And uh, I love how they called it a fresh story. Just 40 mm-hmm. years old, that fresh story. Well, <laughs> also, also uh, all the senators knew about it uh, yeah. at the time. And the FBI actually uh, vetted this story and found no, well, nothing credible. Right, because they, she didn't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think they did an investigation on this particular one. I think they no. I think they did talk to her, didn't they? Didn't they? I don't think so. She's refusing to talk about it. All of her friends are saying, like, yeah, she's talked to us about it, and and like she doesn't even remember it happening. Uh huh. So okay. you'd think if it was this massive assault, yeah, that on. it would that someone well, would at least now now hang on and, that it occurred. And I love the massive assault too. It's a strange assault. Okay, may I just point out? <laughs> okay, let me just. I don't mean to be graphic here, but okay. here is what they accuse uh, Kavanaugh of doing. He had no pants on, so he was he was naked from the waist down. He may have been completely naked. We don't know. That's what Texans do, right. even though he wasn't Texan, was Texan at the time. Yeah, okay. Or any other So he time. had his pants off, okay, and he was walking around a party, and yeah. I am not kidding you. They say that his friends thrust his penis into the hands of a woman. And she doesn't remember this. Uh, and she does not remember it. So I want to know, <laughs> how do you thrust someone else's penis into in someone else's hand. hands? Yeah. And if yeah. that happened, wouldn't the problem be with the friends <laughs> and not Kavanaugh? Well, he wasn't. Although he shouldn't have been walking around right, without pants. Yeah. Let's face it. You, I mean, that's. You should wear pants. You should wear pants to a party. <laughs> I, I, if that's what it. They're picky like that's that what back you... east. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to just leave you with, don't worry about anything that's really happening in the right. world. Yeah, uh, all the politicians and all the media, they've got it all settled for you. They can tell you exactly what you need to pay attention to today. Gee, I wonder why the news ratings are going down and nobody's listening to anybody. <laughs> <sighs> All right, our uh, our sponsor this half hour is our cruise through history. This thing is this is going to be incredible. I can't wait for this. Although what started out as a vacation for me has ended up not really being a vacation. Uh, we're doing we're doing so many different shows. We're going to be teaching history. It's going to be really really cool. David Barton will be there. Rabbi Lappin, Bill O'Reilly. Um, you don't get to see, a, you know, a museum's worth of artifacts or, you know, hear talks about the history of our republic and what what brought us here and then go ashore to places like Venice or Athens or the Holy Land uh, and be able to see those things firsthand every day. And that's why they're we're, they're putting extra alcohol on this uh, cruise ship, I think, because after a while, you're just going to be like, I can't I can't. I mean, I've got to, I'm too sober to listen to all of this for our whole vacation. We're going to Italy, Greece, Croatia, Israel. It's going to be uh, unbelievable. 
Right now, you're going to get a copy of Arguing with Socialists, hand, uh, hand-signed by me, and a cocktail party thrown in your honor as being one of the last on this cruise. We just have a few cabins left. We want you to have them. Uh, and usually the last person in gets nothing. You are an honored guest. Uh, go to comesailaway.com to learn more. I think this is the last week. Uh, comesailaway.com. Comesailaway.com. Get all the details right now. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Uh, the Saudis uh, had an oil refinery attacked uh, this weekend, and it is really important that we understand the full ramifications of this. We're going to try to do what the mainstream media won't do, and that is help you understand this story coming up in just a second. Um, but um, we believe that it was Iranian proxy militias that attacked Saudi Arabia's oil production infrastructure. Uh, it knocked out half of their total output, about 5% of the world's global uh, oil. The Saudis uh, contribute about 9 million barrels a day for global consumption. 5 million of that is now offline. This was a major, major attack. Uh, Oil has skyrocketed. Uh, It's up 19%. The price of barrel has risen over $11 now. Saudis say that they can repair the damage. Um, within 30 days, they have reserves that can maintain things for about 30 days. Uh, what if there is another attack and we have Iran itching for a fight, just itching for a fight? I don't think this president is going to give them that fight, which is exactly the right thing to do, I believe. And we'll talk about this and bring all of this together and how it affects you next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor has been a miracle uh, in my life, and so many of our listeners have uh, written in to tell me how it has changed their lives as well. Uh, I, I know that in my life, I was at the end of my rope. I was like, I can't live this way anymore. I just can't live this way. Um, and while it hasn't fixed all my problems or whatever, it has made life so bearable now. I, I just, I haven't thought to myself, I can't continue this way in almost two years. That itself has been a huge blessing. I want you to call Relief Factor at 800-583-84 or go to relieffactor.com. Um, try their three-week quick start. It's nineteen ninety-five. Just try it. It's three weeks. If it works for you, you get your life back. If it doesn't, you're out 20 bucks. but 70% of the people who try it, it works. Please, isn't living pain-free and getting your life back worth 20 bucks? relieffactor.com I take it three times a day I highly recommend it relieffactor.com the fusion of entertainment 
and enlightenment. We are now looking at Iran. Uh, really pretty much declaring war on Saudi Arabia. They have knocked out a good portion, over half of their oil production refineries. Uh, and it looks like the Houthis may have done it, although Mike Pompeo says this looks like a cruise missile. Uh, it's some sort of a missile strike that he believes came from uh, northern Iraq, which also the Houthis, both of them, would be about Iran. But I just want to give you some perspective. You can listen to all of the talk about what people are calling Donald Trump or how they're doing more charges against uh, Kavanaugh, which the New York Times had to retract part of that story this weekend. Or you can recognize that Russia, China, Hong Kong, England with Brexit, Europe, Cuba, Venezuela, Iran are all on the brink of disaster. They're all looking for game changing. And what does this Saudi Arabian oil strike mean to you? We're going to concentrate on that here in the next few minutes. If that is important to you, give me one minute and we begin. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, uh, a nation's economy uh is uh really really important we all know this and it is not the most stable thing out there nowhere economies fluctuate naturally ebbing and flowing responding to market forces uh but there's a lot of things that can uh, you know tank an economy in a hurry how about the saudi oil feeling of uh, uh, oil field bombings the other day prices have jumped 20 percent. now what does that mean to you i'm going to tell you here in a minute we are looking at catastrophic times we are really just uh, one straw away from the camel's back being broken we are in a precarious situation right now and nobody seems to be really paying attention nobody wants to really talk about the real ramifications but we will and i want you to write a number down uh, because after i tell you what's happening in the world uh, I think you're going to want this number. I want you to call Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. But may I say, the risk that you are holding right now, especially if you are anywhere near retirement, the risk that you are holding if you have your money in stocks and bonds uh, is significant is significant remember in 2008 you lost about 55 percent of that if you're getting ready to retire can you lose 55 percent of that please consider spreading your risk out um, read all of the information you're smart enough to do the homework i recommend about 10 percent of what you have invested in gold or silver but who am i to say you'll have to do your own homework on that i'm not an advisor 866 goldline 1866 goldline or goldline.com president trump said the united states is quote locked and loaded and prepared to respond 
But I don't think he wants to go to war. This president is not looking to go to war. The Iranians know this. The press knows this, but they're not saying that. Iran first attacked our oil tankers, then shot down one of our drones. Now they've attacked Saudi Arabia, shutting off 5% of the global oil supply. Things are going to get worse. Now, here's why. Iran wants sanctions relief. That's not a secret. We are crippling them economically because they are going for nuclear weapons. The minute they get nuclear weapons, we have to deal with these crazy people like we deal with Kim Jong-un. There are no good options. So the president is using every bit of our power that we have to cripple them and hopefully get them to fall into line or some sort of a regime change that does not come from us, but comes from the people. The people like the West. This is a different place in the Middle East. Now, my advice to the president would be this. Just keep your cool and weather the storm. Let the Saudis respond militarily to the militia that, you know, attacked uh, the Saudi oil uh, refinery. Do what Israel has been, do- been doing for decades. Have the Saudis target the militias, destroy the high-tech weaponry they have. Meanwhile, have the Treasury Department to continue to hit the Iranian regime where it hurts the most in their wallets. Continue maximum pressure because it is working. Iran is doing what terrorists do. They are trying to terrorize the world and scare us. They are trying to terrorize us and terrorize the world into getting their way. This attack will not be our last. But we cannot continue the business of responding with our military every time someone else should be taking care of it themselves. The Saudis have bought a lot of weapons from us. Maybe they should start using them themselves. We should not go to war. But I want you to understand fully how much the world is changing. And, uh, and I, I hate to... Well, no, I don't. I want to give you the history of this social revolution, Saudi economics, the politics, and how we're even in bed with them in the first place. Because Saudi Arabia has played a very key role in keeping our dollar stable. And I don't know if that's going to last much longer because the world is changing. So let me give you a bit of history. At the end of World War II, Europe and Asia, everybody was in shambles except the United States. The USSR was pressing its military might all across Eastern Europe, and we needed financial stability. All of the Western allies tied their currency, uh, their currency to the U.S. dollar, which at the time was backed in gold. Then the United States and the rest of the West got greedy, and they said there's not enough gold to do all the things we want to do. And so in 1971, Nixon closed what's called the gold window at the Treasury, which, which meant if you had a dollar, you could go in and get a dollar's worth of gold. We were off the gold standard. But what people didn't know at the time, or most, is that Nixon had a deal with the Saudi royal family. Your money had to be backed by something. Otherwise, people, what, what good would it be? Why would you need the U.S. dollar anymore? In exchange, Saudi Arabia agreed that we would 
that, that they would only accept U.S. dollars for the purchase of its oil if the United States would provide ongoing military support for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So we would protect them and they would make sure that everyone who said, hey, yeah, I'd like to buy a barrel of oil for me, had to do it in U.S. dollars. So that is why the U.S. has the you know reserve currency uh, around the rest of the world. But that is beginning to change. However, to this day, 99% of international bank transfers close in U.S. dollars, and over 92% of all oil purchases occur in U.S. dollars. And it's been going this way for 50 years. We've had an alliance with Saudi Arabia. We ensure that their borders are safe. They ensure that the U.S. dollar is the primary currency used for financial transactions worldwide. But something happened here in America. Something big happened about 15 years ago. The Roughnecks here in Texas, in Colorado, in Utah, North Dakota, Kansas, they figured out a new way, a new technique of changing the shale stone that we have into oil. Now, shale is oil that long ago dried into rock. How do you take that rock and turn it back into oil? Well, the process is called fracking. Fracking took hundreds of millions of cubic yards of earth and transformed it into energy. We now have 1.8 trillion barrels of oil here in the United States. That's enough energy production for more than 1,000 years of U.S. energy production, including any population growth. For a thousand years, we can be energy independent. So uh, what does that mean? Well, now that we have the largest oil reserves, oil production from the U.S. has put a permanent cap on global oil prices, unless there's a significant disruption in global oil supplies. Prices, they say, now will have a hard time getting over $70 a barrel. If this would have happened in 2008, the price of oil could have gone up to $200 a barrel. What are we looking at? $65 a barrel? It's up 20%. Now, this is really significant for Saudi Arabia. I want you to consider the, the following. Because we have the capability, the U.S. is keeping oil prices suppressed into the $55, $60 barrel range. Okay, Saudi Arabia is only profitable producing oil at about $80 a barrel. So what does that mean? More than 80% of Saudi Arabia's GDP is based in oil and energy production. For comparison, in the U.S., less than 8% of our GDP relies on energy production. They're 80. So a few years ago, Saudi Arabia operated its first budget deficit since the 1950s. They've been swimming in cash. It's the only thing that has held that country together because everybody is rich. But now they can't afford those things. In 2016, they issued government bonds. That means they took on government debt for the first time since the 50s to cover the budget shortfalls. 
The government is now losing about $12 billion a year and is, you know, uh, has to raise their debt ceiling to cover those deficits. In 2017, Saudi Arabia announced new plans under the crown prince. You remember him, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, to take the Saudi Arabian uh, oil industry, Aramco, and take it to an IPO. They were going to modernize everything, and they were going to let everybody invest. But by 2018, that IPO was falling apart. Oil prices had fallen below $50 a barrel, and the IPO, which they expected to raise nearly $2 trillion, was failing to receive any bids to raise even $50 billion. There was one journalist who was out there saying, this is crazy. His plan, the plan that the crown prince was pushing was uh, Vision 2030 for Saudi Arabia. The guy who was the most outspoken about what he was doing with this IPO and Aramco was Jamal Khashoggi, the guy who was murdered in Turkey. As soon as he was murdered, the IPO was shelved because now nobody wanted to buy anything from Aramco. So fast forward earlier to this year. Saudi Arabia and other OPEC nations announced to cut back oil production as a means to raise global prices. And by summer, they had succeeded in getting oil prices up to around $65 a barrel. But we came in and quickly came online and increased global supply to make up for the reduced OPEC production. We couldn't do that before. And by August, oil prices were back to $55 to $58 a barrel. Remember, Saudi oil has got to be about $80 a barrel, or they can't afford it. So what happened three weeks ago? And then what happened over the weekend? And what does all of this mean for us in the United States in the future? We'll continue in one minute. So Harry, Harry's a listener. He's 58 years old. He got a golden watch from his marketing firm a few years earlier than expected because he put in the hours and he worked hard. And he retired early, which is good. Instead of playing golf, he usually spends his days now writing children's book. Uh, children's books have always been a passion in Harry's life. But there have been a lot of days, especially in the last few months, when Harry found it hard to concentrate because years of traveling around and board meetings caught up with his back, and now it pains him almost all the time. And he had a hard time just even sitting down to be able to do what he really loved. Recently, however, he heard about Relief Factor and he started taking it. Now the pain is gone and Harry is happily writing children's books again. Relief Factor, a great way to reduce the inflammation that causes pain. And it works for 70% of those of us who try it. Relief Factor, it's not a drug. For nineteen ninety-five, you can get a three-week quick start. Now, see if you can vastly improve the quality of your life. Is it worth three weeks to try it? If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, do what Harry has done. Do what I have done. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Ten seconds. Break for station ID.
So Saudi Arabia needed this IPO. They needed foreign investment. So three weeks ago, they go uh, back to the drawing board. They go to J.P. Morgan. That was the U.S. uh, bank that was leading Barclays, Bank of Japan. All of these banks had gotten together and said, okay, we'll put together this IPO. Well, now 50% of oil production goes offline at an Aramco oil refinery. It is a massive blow to Saudi Arabia and may completely derail the IPO. That will have a devastating effect, uh, driving oil prices up, at least in the short term. But remember, we can now come online with new production and make up for any shortfalls. Hmm. Now, the fact that this is at least reportedly by Yemeni militia who are backed by Iran, means that there is a proxy war that's going on with Iran and Saudi Arabia. They've been fighting it for the last few years. And this has weakened one of America's most consistent and reliable parties in keeping the U.S. dollar as our reserve currency. So what do we do? Because we can just unplug from Saudi Arabia. But if we unplug from Saudi Arabia, the world may unplug from our dollar. It also shows us how desperate Iran is. It's Japan, 1940. You know, most people don't understand that Japan was responding to us. We sanctioned and isolated Iran. We insulted, I'm sorry, not Iran, Japan. Now we've done the same thing to Iran, and their economy is crumbling. We have stopped them from selling their oil in the open market, which is something I believe we must do. But all of this bears watching. This may become the story of the last half of this year and might end up dominating global politics through 2020. 99% chance none of the Democratic candidates for presidency have any idea about how much history sits between us. What, how delicate it is between us and Saudi Arabia. Why we just can't pull the plug on Saudi Arabia. Every American should know this because it will affect us. The question is, where are you getting your news? The question is, what are they talking about today? Is anyone giving you a look at the globe because the globe is just starting to smoke everywhere the slightest breeze could inflame all of us here's another breeze Setting the stage for what could be one of the biggest industrial disputes in the U.S. in recent years. The UAW said yesterday that roughly 48,000 hourly workers at General Motors plants in the U.S. will go on strike. Did they go on strike? Can you look this up, Stu? They said yesterday they were going to go on strike today. This would be the first GM strike in 12 years. Are they on strike? Yeah, I mean they they are definitely on strike. It's just it's unclear in how long this lasts, and it's but they say nearly fifty thousand workers. Okay, so here is here is the deal. GM said 
that they offered the union $7 billion in new investments, 5,400 jobs, most of them would be new, modest pay increases, improved benefits, and contract ratification bonus of $8,000. I know there's a lot of workers in Ohio that are listening to us, uh, and I know you've worked really, really hard. And I don't want to get into your contract because I don't I don't know all the details. I just do know this. America, buckle up. Buckle up. Because if they're on strike, you have people who are going to be making about twelve thousand dollars a year. Can you live for a month on twelve thousand dollars a year? And you have this many people who now are only being paid $12,000 a year by the union so they can sit at home. What does that do to the local economy? What does that do to the national economy? Again, somebody's got to put all of these puzzle pieces together and stop talking about fake stories from the New York Times. Stop talking about what the president tweeted yesterday. There's real news that is happening And the world is changing right in front of us, but we refuse to look at it. More in a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So, you know, we just had another emergency over on the East Coast. We had hurricanes. Are you prepared for any kind of massive disruption? We joke about these things, but really it only takes a one major national disaster or natural disaster. I mean, remember, AOC, Miami, if you're listening, I mean, listen up here. AOC said, within just a few years, you are not going to exist. Holy cow. I hope you have some food insurance here. My Patriot Supply is the person, uh, is the company to go if you are looking for food and ways to be able to weather a storm especially like in miami a four-week emergency food package uh you can get now at preparewithglenn.com you'll save a hundred dollars on this this is breakfast lunch and dinner two thousand calories a day last up to 25 years in storage they're shipped for free discreetly to your door don't ignore the things that are happening around the world. Don't be caught unprepared. Give yourself some peace of mind. Save $100 now at preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. So I want to tell you a couple of stories. Um, this, uh, this last week we've been studying as a family. We've been studying Two Corinthians, two Corinthians walking down the street. One says, no, um, we've we've been talking about um, Paul and how he talked about, you know, you've you've got to forgive others. Um, You are going to have pain in your life, but, you know, it's going to it's all going to be good. And the one thing you really need to do is. Be a cheerful giver. Be somebody who is looking to do something good. And and so we've been working on noticing people around us uh, and and looking for opportunities to serve. I want to give you two amazing stories. First one, Christopher Graham, Antoine Garrett. These two students, they're at Martin Luther King uh, College Prep, Memphis, Tennessee, They're two football team members, both upperclassmen. 
they saw this kid, Michael Todd, being teased for not having enough clothes to wear from school. People were laughing at him, bullying him, um, and uh, he didn't wear his, you know, new shoes. He wore the same clothing every single day. He's just this poor white kid that, you know, kind of just kind of was in the hallway and was alone and not friends with anybody. So here come these two black football players. And these guys decide to do something about it. Now, one of them actually teased him one day in class. And he started feeling bad about it. And so he said to his friend, let's help him. So they went out and they got him new sneakers, new clothes, some of the stuff that, you know, they had had and they approach him in the hallway and somebody has a a cell phone and they record part of it. This kid is stunned. He doesn't even know what to do. He doesn't smile. He doesn't react. I mean, can you imagine being stopped by two people just out of the blue? And the one kid said, Hey, I, I made fun of you and I feel really, really bad about it. And I, I just want to make it up to you. So I brought you some new clothes. They both both brought in their backpacks, new sneakers, new clothes, et cetera, et cetera. The kid doesn't say very much because I think he's really freaked oh, out. You have to wonder if it was a setup if you're this kid. If one of the kids had already oh, yeah. made fun of you for this, you'd oh, have yeah. to think. Yeah. Like what, what? The, you know, is it a dress? Is it, uh, you know, are they, do they yeah. smell terribly? What, what is the, what's the scam here? But no so, scam. No scam at all. He said, and I want to gi- I wanted to give you the words that this kid in high school said. He told them later that he had never received a gift like this ever in his life and that his mom had trouble buying him new clothes because I'm growing too fast. Quote, you guys are the best guys of my entire life. This has been the best day of my life. How awesome is that? So when you, and and I've been watching stories like this, there is something that is happening that's really, really good. And we can't fail to notice those things. Now, because I'm looking for things to help, and maybe you are too, I want to tell you this story. Glittis and Mylene, they're both from Cameroon. They moved to Texas from Cameroon less than a year ago. They came to America because they wanted a better life. They have two daughters, Jervina and Ivana, five and seven years old. The husband, the dad, joined the U.S. Army and has been serving in our military since the beginning of the year. He's been away from his daughters for training for the last five months. Mom also works. A family friend was watching the girls. While dad was on military training, mom was at work. I don't want to get into the details. I don't even know what the details are. Just careless thinking. The two girls were left alone. Jervina, who is the youngest, she's five years old. She fell into the family's apartment pool. Ivana, the seven-year-old, then just jumped in. (sighs) 
They were found unresponsive at the bottom with Ivana's arms wrapped around her little sister. Ivana passed away that day, the little sister the next morning. A five-year-old just wanted to learn how to read like her older sister. A seven-year-old, the last thing she told her father who was away serving and getting military training, the last thing she said to her father over the phone was, Dad, when you come back, you have to teach me how to swim. Both parents are of strong Christian faith. They say they just want to wake up from this nightmare, but they accept that this is part of God's plan. They don't even have any anger towards the family friend that was supposed to be watching them. But they need to send their kids back to Cameroon for a funeral service. Funerals in Cameroon, I guess, are very expensive, and they have to send the bodies of the two girls home. The family is hoping to raise $20,000 to send the bodies back home and then provide a funeral service and both parents to fly back as well. We found this on uh, the GoFundMe page. If you just search, if you go to GoFundMe.com, GoFundMe.com, and search Drowned Sisters, it's the first one. I'll put this on my Facebook page and, and Twitter. But here's two people that did everything right. And um, they just need to get their kids back home. If you can help, go to the GoFundMe page. May I give you one more story? California School District has initiated an investigation after a Marine tackled two students engaged in a fistfight last week. Have you seen this video still? No. Okay, so two kids at the Edison High School were fighting, and they were fist fighting. This 18-year-old, who was a former student there, uh, saw what was happening, and nobody could get these two to stop, so he just went and he watched this video, and he goes and he just tackles them and brings them both down to the ground. Boom, takes them both down. Guess who the bad guy is? It's California. Oh, gosh. The guy who tackled them. Yeah, the guy who tackled them. Um, the parents are now saying, I was upset. It was upsetting to see somebody just do that. I, I, was, I saw the whole thing, and I just thought it was unnecessary for someone like that shouldn't be allowed on campus. Excuse me. Excuse me. You were standing there? What were you doing to stop the fight? Or were you just standing there watching it? Solid form tackle there, too. I would say <laughs> it was pretty, pretty good effort. An adult should never put their hands on their 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 uh, uh, trained to deal with situations in a different way in the military that shouldn't happen. Mm. He's now being investigated, and he's also receiving counseling. Maybe maybe the school should investigate why nobody else was stopping it. Do you think? Maybe it's just me. Back in just a second. 
with something for the Republicans to talk about, something that they can actually do. Have you heard uh, the phrase, he slept like a baby? Pretty common, right? One of the dumb things we say to one another, because babies are terrible sleepers. They wet themselves. I mean, they're crying all night. Anyway, um, I don't want to sleep like a baby. That's why I use my pillow. I sleep comfortably like an adult, not like an old person. Babies and old people, they don't sleep well. Sleep like you did when you were, I don't know, 20, just passing out. Head on over to MyPillow.com and check out the new radio listener specials. You're going to find a variety of great deals, including the MyPillow dog bed, which you can get for as low as $19.99. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Even better, if you pre-order a copy of Mike Lindell's new book, your entire order will ship for free. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the dog bed, for as low as $19.99. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. Get these great radio specials now. It is promo code BECK at MyPillow.com. Welcome back to the Glenn Beck program. Coming up in just a second, the uh, the conservatives don't seem to have a plan for health care. Well, we're all paying the price for them not doing anything. We're going to delve into that and what can be done. And perhaps maybe there's a Republican out there that will have a spine and go, well, maybe I could propose something like that. Meanwhile, speaking of uh, Republicans and proposals, the president is expected to come out with his gun legislation proposal, and the Republicans are waiting with bated breath. Oh, what should we do? Well, I know, and it's it, at least all the reporting is they're just waiting for him to tell them what they should do. I know. It's like, well, aren't, what? aren't you supposed to be a separate body of government that makes their own decisions you're supposed to be leading yeah. the legislation it, he's supposed to be signing it right if you think there's some good gun control proposal that you support then support it independent of whether the president supports it and if you think it's a bad idea what the president supports then oppose it you, you're, you're <laughs> it's your unbelievable though they're, they they act as if they're just subservient to the president of the united states that is not how this was designed no in fact congress is the superior branch yes congress I, it is fascinating to see where this has gone. And, like, I mean, McConnell is on doing interviews about it. Yeah, I'm just waiting to find out what the president's going to support, and then we'll, then we'll put, bring it for a vote. Like, well, why don't you do it? You're the, you guys can do these things. Whether he wants, he can decide. He's the president of the United States. His role is to decide whether he's going to sign your legislation or not. Is it constitutional? Is it not? Is it something that should be supported? And they're all, they're all, I think, they're all involved in coming up with something, and they're just giving it to the president. And the president's like, well, okay, well, we could do that. You know what, because they're cowards, and they all cover. What they're hoping for, because they know their voters don't want gun control legislation. Mm -hmm. So they're hoping that the president will come out and support something so they they can push it onto him and blame him when uh the the people revolt well the president wanted this you know we brought it out here we support the president i mean you don't support the president they're trying to bring, they give this sort of like insurance policy yep. for yep. them having to make a decision about guns and they can still claim that they quote unquote did something it's embarrassing if you believe these things are right then support them you're gonna have to justify how they're constitutional because i don't see how they are but maybe you can get that through i don't know 
But come up, have the balls to to say what you think is the right thing to do, and and, and just put it in. Well, we into did these common the pre- sense solutions back in the 1990s yeah. when we banned uh, automatic weapons and uh, weapons of war. Yeah, it's not the 1990s anymore. I don't know if you know this. That yeah, and I I, I don't think note, conservatives will take kindly to it. Well, they didn't like it then. Mm-mm. But I mean, on on this note, by the way, there's a actually a really halfway decent fact check from CNN about. Can a president just confiscate assault weapons? No. Of course, the answer to that should be no. And and they actually point out that even with legislation, there's no reason to believe this is a constitutional thing. You you can't force people to give these things up and force a buyback. I in know. Our you know, it's crazy because mm. because in desperate times, it's like, you know, let's go round up a group of people and put them in internment camps. That's not constitutional. That will never happen. Right. I know. Uh, and they keep bringing up the assault weapons ban, the 94 to 04 mm-hmm. assault weapons ban. They're like, look, we did it before. We could do it again. One thing they always leave out of that analysis is that that all happened before the Heller case. If they try to do that again, I think that would be ruled unconstitutional. I don't even think they could do the thing they did from the mid-90s to the early aughts. To the early aughts. I don't think that would be constitutional today based on on the Heller precedent and others. Um, So the idea that they can just come in here now and confiscate them by giving you a little bit of cash is, I mean, it's constitutionally laughable. That doesn't mean Beto would ever succeed. He's obviously not going to win this primary. I mean, all the disclaimers of his policy. But, I mean, all everybody on the left seems to agree all with you all need, All you need is an incident. Yep. You know, and we're building them. Each time that goes by, they build them. When are we going to finally, until finally, the, the, the camel's back breaks, and then we don't care about the Constitution anymore. Mm-hmm. We just want to stop this. I know, and media narratives happen like this all the time. It's yes. like, oh, there's trickle, trickle, trickle. This happened with, like, shark attacks. Mm-hmm. Remember back in the day, we were talking about this mm-hmm. from 2001. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a couple of shark attacks, and then the media started covering them, and they built on each other. And when there was another one, it felt like a real problem. You know, here, we look, we do have a problem with mass public shootings, obviously. However, overall gun violence is down. Overall violence is down. In context, it is a... Is is a, a a small you know niche of this of this overall issue that does need a lot of work. However, we're going in the right direction overall, and that's something that's more important than what the media focuses on every day. Let me ask you this: This is the first time, too. If I can switch subjects, this is the first time that I think we have had a media that has been saying, "Oh, we're going to go to war. We're going to go to war with Iran. We're going to war." I don't think we're going to war. And I'm glad. If you wanted to go to war, you don't fire John Bolton last right. week. Right. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's the first time I think in my life where you can't make the case that the president is a warmonger or he's just doing this to distract. You know, that's what they said about even Clinton, who wasn't yeah. a warmonger. But I mean, this is the first time that you're like, I really don't think this president wants to do that at all. I mean, There's multiple no decades desire. of his history point to that fact. <laughs> right, right. And yet, the press is continuing to paint him. And I think the press has just lost so much credibility with everyone. I'm not sure they control the dialogue anymore. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I want to tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Yeah, I know if a lot of people have uh, big credit card bills, and if you happen to be one of those people, a large chunk of your monthly budget is going towards them. You're not alone. 
and you're not stuck with it because you can consolidate all the debt with the lowest interest uh, interest rate possible and american financing can help you with this uh, they're a great company that can help you kind of walk through it's one of those uh, industries where it's incredibly complicated and if you don't know what you're doing or have someone on your side advocating for what's right uh, it can really lead to some trouble americanfinancing.net i've worked with them myself i know glenn has as well uh, it's one of these things where you got the best on your side, and that's important. What are you waiting for? Call now. AmericanFinancing.net is the place to go. Uh, go there. AmericanFinancing.net. Yeah. Make sure you do that before you give up your firearms. You know? <laughs> yeah, really? Talk to Beto first. Okay. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I want to talk to you about the two million burglaries that are reported every year. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have security. I mean, burglaries are happening all the time. And I think the reason why people don't have a security system in their home is because the security companies suck. They got all kind of, you, you've got people coming into your house. They're going to drill holes in your wall. Hello, Mr. 1972. That's why Simply Safe is just tearing this business apart. It is growing so incredibly fast, and it is the best in industry. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print, no drilling holes or stringing wires. Around-the-clock monitoring is $15 a month, and you can cancel any time. When other home security systems are triggered, police assume it's a false alarm, and it goes to the bottom of the list. But with using Simply Safe and their video verification technology, they can visually confirm that the break-in is happening, and that gets the police there from 45 minutes instead to 7 minutes. Simply Safe. They have a huge deal going on right now at simplysafe.com slash Glenn. You'll get a free HD security camera when you order. It's a $100 value, and you'll get the 24-7 monitoring and video evidence if somebody's trying to get into your house. So get your free HD security camera at simplysafe.com slash Glenn. That's simplysafe.com slash Glenn. Here's good news. Iran struck a big oil refinery in uh, Saudi Arabia. And uh, it's about uh, 55% of all of their output. That's going to be great, right? Hey, we should talk, though, instead about Kavanaugh. Yeah, because the New York Times published a story about Kavanaugh, how he was wildly inappropriate with this woman, this poor, poor victim who now the New York Times has been forced to come out and correct the story and say, oh, yeah, we forgot one little detail. The um, the victim doesn't remember any of that. Uh, so we're just taking it on other people's words. But uh, she, she's, she's not leading this response because she doesn't remember it. Yeah, let's not talk about that non-story and talk about real stories that actually this impact you. is the Glenn Beck Program. Right into the program in one minute. I have a great deal from Tecovis that I want to tell you about. It's only available free to you. Um, uh, but before I get into the details of the gift purchase, I want to remind you, Tecovis Cowboy Boots. In one word, value. The old adage goes, price is what you pay, but value is what you get. 
That's why I can describe Tecovis boots with the word value. With a pair of Tecovis cowboy boots, you get everything. You get quality, style, craftsmanship, and about half the price of traditional retail. Now, the free gift. Right now, if you make a purchase of $150 and you enter Beck at the checkout, you're going to get a free hand-stitched calfskin card case. I use it to carry cash and my cards in. It's about a $50 value. Uh, it is really, really great. It's absolutely free, which is a really big deal because Tecovis doesn't mark down their, their products. They sell them at amazing direct prices already. But the card case is free with any $150 purchase just for listeners of this program and only until September 22nd, just to say thank you. So if you're thinking about buying, I don't know, a pair of their jeans, which are great, or their belts or their boots, whatever, go to Tecovis now. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck to find your pair. Remember, enter the promo code Beck at checkout. <laughs> spent a bunch of time this morning talking about the attack on the Saudi oil facilities, mm. which uh, is pretty a dramatic escalation at the very least. I'm fascinated by the media response to it, which is to say Iran had nothing to do with it. It was the Houthis, which is really... Uh, do you know how sophisticated this attack was? Very, much more than they... Certainly that they had capability. Do you remember the last, last time they tried to do this to Aramco? was in 2006 do you remember mm -hmm. and it was it, yeah it was going and we were i was freaked out about the economy at the time and i'm and that's when i said oil prices could hit 150 dollars a barrel and if it's a stain 150 dollars a barrel you will see collapse uh and that's eventually what happened but not because of a strike what they did is they were coming in and they were going to plant the houthis were going to plant a bunch of explosives around these these tanks in this refinery well they got caught on the way in this time they either used some sort of a missile which uh would be a cruise missile which the houthis don't have right uh and i don't think anybody whose name rhymes with toothies uh doesn't you're, you know you're not high on the list of cruise missile ac uh, uh, acquisition <laughs> is that the determining yeah, factor if you rhyme with toothies? do you rhyme with toothies uh -huh. you know yeah who's on the phone uh yeah we want to buy some missiles our name rhymes with toothies yeah if you're like a dentist office right. you know mascot no. yeah you, you, you don't you're not gonna get missiles it. yeah uh anyway so they either used cruise missiles which the united states says that's what this was cruise missile but they say it was from northern iraq mm -hmm. which would also be uh iranian sponsored or they used a a series of drones now i just want to point out about a year ago iran sent them a bunch of drones but the Houthis are the proxy of Iran. It's such a silly argument. I mean, yes, they are quote unquote different. But what does that mean? I mean, if you're if they're getting all of their weapons from Iran, they're supported by Iran financially, obviously spiritually uh, aligned on this particular uh, this particular war. Um, this is what you do, right? This is when, when, because if Iran takes a jet and flies over the Saudi um, oil facility and fires missiles at it, 
It's an act of war. It is an act of war, and we are in a hot war, and there are armies crossing borders almost Mm -hmm. immediately, Mm -hmm. right? Of course. So you use groups like this so you can have plausible deniability. It's like when you killed your first wife. I'm sorry. Remember that? When you? Oh, we haven't talked about that on the air. No, I. I So let's say you're killing your first wife. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) You're killing your first wife, and you don't want to do it yourself because. Everyone will look at you, and then you'll be in big trouble. So right. you hire somebody to uh, murder by proxy. Mm-hmm. That way, if that guy is, you're getting your money's worth, and he's really doing the job, and he can't trace anything back to you, nothing happens to you. And even if they arrest him, as long as he doesn't squeal, there's no evidence that you did it. Right. And now here, the one thing that's a little bit different than the uh, time hit. you killed your first wife no i didn't kill any wife. i have only had one uh-huh uh, you're the one with the multiple wives right uh, both strangely still alive okay. but you well, are den- you say i don't know but i haven't seen either of them in a while strangely denying your first marriage <laughs> but go ahead uh so um this is a situation where the hitman is trying to drum up attention in business for himself so he says by the way i killed that person you know the Houthis are claiming responsibility for this attack because they want to raise their profile as as this in the uh, you know in this war, um, they have reason to, and, and they may have done it, and to but they and, wouldn't oh, have they did, yeah, but, but uh, they wouldn't have done it without the support of Iran, correct? And that's the thing where if part of this equation is for them to come out and publicly take responsibility for this, because then Iran has. Their obvious excuse. What are you talking about? They took they took responsibility. Of course it wasn't us. It was them. And it probably was them actually pressing the button, right? Or actually firing the missile. It's one of those but, situations where somebody comes in and says, hey, I should blow up the Saudi Arabian uh, oil fields because that'll really be helpful to you, right? You know what? Yes, that would be very helpful. But I'd be very disappointed <laughs> if I ever heard that you did that. Right. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. We'll see you later. And they go out and blow up the oil fields. Right. Uh, and the, the idea that the media is ignoring that they know these obvious things is a little bit troubling. But they are trying to, as you point out, almost like antagonize president trump into going into war isn't it crazy they spent a lot of time thinking about the way donald trump and his mind work right and they but they don't understand it at all yeah i mean i i think like when you look at him from a policy perspective donald trump has literally no interest in going to war with anyone ever i mean he's he opposes basically every single military Mm -hmm. um action and he has for many many decades this is not some new thing he just came up with and the, the left, though, has this auto uh, autopilot on Republicans, which is that they're all warmongers. So, like, it's hard for them to kind of get past that. I mean, again, this is a guy who got rid of John Bolton last week. If he was yeah. looking to go to war with Iran, he had the guy who is probably the number one expert in the world. The gu- John <laughs> Bolton would have been in his office all weekend going war, 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 yeah, war, I war, mean, war, I don't, war, war, war. I don't know that I would. He, I think so. This is he this. believes it's a real threat. Like this is a guy who takes it seriously, John yeah. Bolton. No, I'm not saying that he's. A, I'm like, not he's saying not that he's a, a gl- you know, right. uh, you know, a glib warmonger. I'm saying that. He believes that that would be the right thing, regime change and strike Iran. I don't, 
I mean, I think we should have learned from the last 20 years. Maybe we should stop doing that. Now, if Saudi Arabia, I mean, why would we even commit to war when Saudi Arabia, part of the deal was, we'll sell you stuff. We'll sell you stuff. You give us the dollar as the world's reserve for oil, and we'll sell you stuff, and we'll train your military. Well, where's their military? Yeah, right. If, I mean, if they think that this happened to them by Iran, then their military should go take their jets and they can go strike Iran. We shouldn't have anything to do with it. And that's the thing, right? I mean, if if this is not Kuwait, right? This is not a country that would have a real tough... This is Saudi Arabia. They're a power of the region. Mm-hmm. They do not need our help at all mm-hmm. in a military action. Um, but that being said, you do, if they are in one with Iran... There are a lot of ramifications to us, to our economy. Uh, I mean, can you imagine that sort of waterfall going? I mean, that is a... That well, is a, think about what's in between, what's in between them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So you're at, a, you're at a... That's a situation that we're heavily involved in. And we have no, no, yeah, no real exit. What's right in between them is, uh, is the waterway mm-hmm. that carries all of the world's oil out and we're, so, we've seen other flare-ups recently. Right. We've seen other flare-ups. Oh, and by the way, also one of the biggest U.S. naval bases in the area happens to be right there, too, in between those two. And if you think what Iran has done in, in the Strait has already been notable, imagine when they start losing a war against Saudi Arabia, the way they react. I mean... Oh, I think they're, I mean, they're acting like terrorists act right now, and I don't think they're done. I just don't think they're done. Uh, I, I, they are, they are collapsing. Yeah. I mean, their desperation is mm-hmm. serious here. And this is when you, when you get in a position like this, you can react a couple of different ways. You can, you can give in and try to actually become a good actor. We've seen that occasionally happen. All right. Libya attempted that at one point. I mean, Gaddafi attempted that. I think they actually that. did it for yeah, a while. I, it, for a while. Um, and that works out for a while. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you saw how that one ended, until, unfortunately. Until Clinton, why, you know, gets her way. Well, and that's the thing. We, we incentivize the opposite behavior at some level, where now they are incentivized to try to just create as much havoc as possible um, at, uh, until... Until we I am just, bend, and I don't. I, Trump does. You know, he does not, not want war, but he is not going to bend to these people. Here's the thing that um, here's the thing that interests me is the number of places where, for instance, Brexit, the EU, they don't really care. They they'd rather punish England, and even if it means punishing people uh, badly uh, with the EU. They'll they'll do it because they're not going to lose. They believe they are right. And so they'll teach a lesson to England. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk because all of our economies are tied together. Great Britain, uh, I don't know what they're going to do on on Brexit, but there are those politicians who say we're not leaving. We're just not leaving. And they're not listening to the people. You have so many places that remind me of World War I and the lead-up when you have the Fabian socialists saying, look, we can redesign the whole world. The whole world is broken right now, and all of these little skirmishes are happening all over the world. Well, why don't we just, why don't we have a great war here in Europe? 
and we can overthrow and change all of those borders and everything else. That's, I mean, a lot of this, World War II, what's happening in the Middle East, all of that stuff was from World War I. All of it. They redesigned all of the borders to keep all of those uh, countries, either in Europe or in, uh, in the Middle East, at war with each other. And I don't think people understand that. I think there's a lot of people who, who are so desperate, so many countries that are so desperate. And even on the good side, Hong Kong, I think there's a lot of people on the streets that don't mind if it all comes apart because they, they at least have a fighting chance if it all comes undone. That's a scary time to live. And uh, we are living with some of the most irresponsible journalists in, in world history because they're giving us all of these other stories that don't matter and leaving what's really at stake off on the side. I have a question for you on uh, from your nerdy tech, te- uh, technology reading you've been doing lately. Yeah, that I want to run by you related to this story. Okay, can we do that? Yeah, uh, Harry, fifty eight years old. He's a listener of the show. He retired early. Got a golden watch from his marketing firm a few years earlier than he expected. He had worked hard. He had put in the hours, and he's fifty eight. And he's like, wow, I can retire. So um, he's not playing golf. Instead, what he's doing is he's writing children's books, and it has been a passion of his for his whole life. There's a lot of days, especially in the last few months, where he found it really hard to concentrate because he has such pain in his back. Now that pain was pretty regular, and he just couldn't sit down long enough, and he couldn't concentrate long enough to actually write anything. Well, he discovered Relief Factor, and then he started taking it, and now the pain is gone, and Harry is happily writing again. Relief Factor is a great way to reduce the inflammation that causes pain, and it works for 70% of those of us who try it. Relief Factor isn't a drug. I have been on it now for almost 18 months, and you can get a three-week quick start to see if it will change. See how much you can vastly improve your quality of life. Just try it and see how it, how much it helps you. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. We break for 10 seconds, station ID. So jumping off point from this drone attack in Saudi Arabia. The drones that they used there were, if they were drones, they, it seems like it was a combination potentially of drones and mm-hmm. missiles. But the drones are like legitimately, you know, military level drones. Correct. But you've been doing all this like deep reading on futurism and the, the future of technology. Um, and you've been doing this for years now. <laughs> and I know this is a ridiculous reference, but the movie that just came out, Angel is Falling. Angel has fallen. I haven't seen it yet. I have only seen the, the trailer. I'm not going to go see okay. it. But basically, like they're out, they're out fishing. The president and his secret service. Oh yeah, and, and the swarm. swarm of drones come mm-hmm. over the the hill and try to. One assassinate report them. says that's what this was was a swarm, a swarm of, of drones. drones. Now those are much higher level. These yeah. look these looked like little tiny ones. You maybe retrofitted with weaponry mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I'm sure it was a military mm-hmm. attack in the movie. I didn't mm-hmm. see it, but point is though, are are we going to go through a phase here where between 
um, horrible domestic groups um, between foreign terrorist types, between um, pranksters, you know, uh, uh, we're talking, you know, kids who retrofit these things. Are we going to go through a phase where drone attacks on just normal things become a legitimate reality and something that Americans are fearing I think, routinely? Let me ask you this. How would you react if you would have asked me when MySpace first came out? If we were going to go through a period, I mean, now anyone can say anything online and they can they can claim anything and they're going to be incentivized to say outrageous things. Do you think we're going to go through a time where Americans will not be able to even decipher the truth they won't know who to believe the answer then would have been yeah yeah because until we learn how to deal with the new technology unless i mean as soon as you get this new technology and it explodes as fast as technology now does it's coming at a rate where you're not going to be able to keep up with it laws are not going to be be able to keep up with it so until we find a way to either be authoritarian or better people, yeah, we're going to have that In, on all fronts, <laughs> on all fronts of technology. That's medicine. Yeah. That's everything. All fronts. Because, I mean, obviously authoritarian is something we, we would definitely resist um, and hope to resist. Well, but they just the, put in new the, facial recognition cameras all over Europe. The wrong all kind over of incident can set that off relatively easily, right? Yes. Um, and I getting I've given up on the whole becoming better people thing. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just not happening. Uh, well, because there's always going to be somebody, right? These are that's the point. It's the problem. You're never going to have. We all know that we're not going to eliminate pe- bad actors out of the world. It's never going to occur. There's obviously more and more people. There's more wealth. These things get cheaper, right? Like the, so. Now, I believe I'm sort of the, you know, that sort of libertarian belief that things, generally speaking, get better over time. And when these new technologies come out, mm-hmm. yes, there are issues with them. But uh, generally speaking, you know, we find a way to deal with them because mostly people are good. People don't want to go murder a bunch of people or, or, or you know, set things on fire. Look, like, that's not what opioids, you want. Opioids, opioids yeah. came out. Morphine was no heroin was invented as a cure for alcoholics and, <laughs> and believe it's... me it works 100 percent of the time <laughs> much 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 better <laughs> right um opioids were invented i think uh in germany if i'm not mistaken and they've been around for a long time but it wasn't until it, they could do really good stuff and it's not until we started to decay as a society that we were like We'll want them. We'll make them ourselves. We'll 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 buy them. We'll buy them black market. There is a difference. I mean, not every town in the Wild West had a black Bart, you know, that was coming in and was shooting yeah. up the town. Some were really bad. Some were good. We just have to, you know, be a good town that rallies around each other and holds the line on things. There's going to be good and bad. There always is. There always will be. It's not all going to be bad, and it's not all going to be good. We're just in a massive state of flux to where everything's about to change. Hopefully, it will normalize at some point, and uh, we'll be better people because of it. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Fall is almost here. School is back. Uh, if you live in Texas, Friday night lights back. The blazing heat of summer finally going to die down. Not here in Texas for a while, but the housing market is not going to die down. I always counsel you to be really responsible with your money, and now more than ever. But if you are in a position where purchasing that new home is a good option for you, don't put it off until spring. Instead, make the 10-minute phone call to American Financing. Buying in the fall means less competition, potentially better deals for you. In spring, people are going to start jacking up the price. There's never any pressure. There's never any upfront fees at American Financing. The employees don't work for the bank. They work for you. So if you're responsible with your money, now may be the right time to look at a home loan. Making your uh, your payment affordable. American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. You know, I'm so tired of... Uh, listening to people who say they're here to help and they're going to fix things when they're not doing anything to actually get down to fixing things. I I know I could get together with, you know, 10 different people who are farmers, most likely, and we could fix a lot of what is wrong with America quickly because all it would take is common sense and people just really trying to fix it, not doing special interest, anything, just how can we make this better? The price we pay, what broke American health care and how to fix it, uh, is a new book out. And we have um, uh, Marty McCary. He is a doctor uh, who's done a lot of stuff. He's written this. Um, and we wanted to have him on because the Republicans don't seem to have any idea or any intention of fixing health care. Um, maybe they should maybe they should pay attention uh, just for a few minutes here. The Price We Pay is the book, and uh, 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 Marty is with us. Hi, Marty. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Great to be with you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm fascinated by the stories in in your book. Um, let me. There's one in the middle here. Let me grab this one. I People living in rural states are getting hit the hardest. Sitting at home in Montana, John felt a stomach cramp one day. It was a little worse than the, than the bellyache of everyday life. At his local hospital, the doctors told him, this could be serious. We're going to transfer you to the big city where they'll take care of you. Eight hours later, afraid that no other options explained to him, he was wheeled off an elevator and the nurse hit the H button for helipad. The helicopter pilot was there, greeted him. He was loaded on a chopper for a 30-minute ride to the city. Uh, He arrived at the hospital, peppered with medical questions, assigned to wait in an emergency room. Beds were full. They placed him on a stretcher in a hall. He waited several more hours until the hospital's on-call specialist saw him. He repeated the battery of tests and hours later explained that John had no real reason to be in the hospital and he could go home. Uh, He was then presented with a uh, bill of $60,000 just for the helicopter. And um, that's when he reached out to you. Tell me what happened, Marty. Well... What bothers me about these money games, Glenn, is that they are taking advantage of people at a time when they're most vulnerable. We've lost our mission. You know, I took on that case, and I've been defending cases on behalf of patients around the country, patients who have been sued to have their paychecks garnished. I mean, everyday hardworking Americans who already spend a boatload 
between their taxes and good health care and their health insurance, and they work. They've done nothing wrong, and now they're getting assaulted with these bills, and, and hospitals are terrorizing their communities with price gouging. These money games now threaten the great public trust of American medicine. And most hospitals were built by churches. People forget that. They were there for their communities. And right. as a doctor, I just, this has gone too far. And you talk about a, a guy who came from France. He was here, had a mild heart attack. The American hospital told him it would cost him about $150,000. They said, we're going to call our doctor in France. They asked, how much is this in France? They said, $15,000. When they told the American hospital that, the American hospital said, oh, well, we can do it for 25. And it was it, it so bothered them that the that they were being ripped off, you know, that they would be quoted something 150,000 that they said, we're going to go to France. Um, why is this happening, Marty? Well, because we have no price transparency. We don't have real markets in America in healthcare. I mean, if airlines build us, Glenn, after the flight, can you imagine that? They'd be gouging us, right? If you went to Expedia or Travelocity or these sites and there were no prices with flights, guess what they would do? They would gouge us. They might argue they can't predict a price because they don't know if we're going to consume a beverage or the flight could be delayed. And, you know, for 50 years, hospitals have been telling us they can't give us a price. And we need to demand more transparency. So, uh, I can't show up and mow your lawn and then send you a bill for four thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand, and I think it's just because of the healthcare industry itself. Oh, I'm sorry, the uh, insurance industry, um, where we haven't been required to shop around. But I don't know why I can't go in and say, "Hey, I have to have the tonsils removed. How much is that?" Assuming things are normal, how much is that? Uh, and I want to go check another hospital and find out how much it is over there. It's ironic that American University hospitals, like the one I work at, Johns Hopkins, it is the center of scientific genius in America, but we can't give you a price. And that is starting to change. I want to let people know there are bright spots, and I highlight the disruptors in this new book. People like uh, Dr. Smith at the Surgery Center of Oklahoma posting a menu of prices We've already seen three little areas of healthcare move to transparent pricing, and that's IVF therapy, it's LASIK surgery of the eye, and it's some types of cosmetic surgery. Guess what? All of those procedures have had a global reduction in prices over time in it, competitive markets. This, the, the, LASIK surgery is the quintessential example. They're operating on your eye, and, and it, because it is private the price keeps going down when everything else is going up. Is there any other reason other than this is just the market? Well, the politicians, and we're watching it right now with these Democrat candidates running, but, you know, it's all politicians. They talk really about how to finance our broken health care system. We need to talk about how to fix it. And the story that no one is talking about that we need to talk about is pricing failures, middlemen, and inappropriate care. And if we talk about those things, Glenn, I, I bet you there is broad consensus in the United States, contrary to what cable news would give us as a, a false paradigm. We don't need to just talk about how to finance the broken system. We need to talk about how to fix it. Okay, so so tell me about prescription drugs, because prescription drugs is something that, you know, everyone will say, and in even, you know, they'll say that 
You know, we're we're paying too much. The same people who say the wealthy should pay the lion's share of things have a problem that the wealthiest country on earth pays more than the rest of the world. Insurance companies will say we we won't be able to you know come up with these drugs if America isn't paying higher prices. True, false. What's the story on that? Well, um, just like the movie The Big Short took a very complicated industry and broke it down into very simple terms so anybody could understand it, that's what I try to do with the middlemen of the pharmacy world. For example, PBMs are pharmacy benefit managers, they're middlemen, and they put a gun to the head of pharma and they say, look, if you want us to carry your drug, pay us a play-to-play fee, and those fees or kickbacks are called rebates. Now, these are not like rebates on cornflakes. These are middle money games. And employers can actually choose a PBM that will not play the rebate game. And businesses across America are getting ripped off on their PBMs. Every business has a PBM for their employees, and they're getting ripped off. And I show how businesses can renegotiate these PBMs because the money games are out of control. Wait, so how are they getting ripped off? So um, a broker will typically sell a pharmacy plan or a PBM plan to a business, just like they sell health insurance to a business. Mm -hmm. Those brokers get 5% flat commission and kickbacks, some of which are undisclosed. And then they're selling these products that price gouge the employers because the PBMs are charging the employer and the employee through a copay for the drug. Well, the employers aren't keeping track. They don't know the names and doses of these drugs. So the employers get gouged. And that is the game of the PBMs. We're the only country in the world that has PBMs. We didn't have them 30 years ago. That's why you're seeing insulin spike in price. And and drugs that have been around for 50 years are now suddenly uh, expensive and sometimes in shortage because we've given market dominance through these pay-to-play kickbacks. So, So what should Washington be doing? Well, we saw um, Secretary Azar and the current administration propose that all these rebates or kickbacks have to be passed through 100% to the patient. The swamp of the special interests uh, crushed that proposal. It got no support in on Capitol Hill. And I think people need to hear from everyday listeners out there. The, the members of Congress are hearing from all the stakeholders in healthcare who are all, trust me, making a ton of money except for one, the patient. So uh, we need to ban kickbacks in healthcare. We need to get rid of secrecy. And I think it's that simple. It's like a pothole. It's not a a blue, red, Democrat, uh, Republican issue. When there's a pothole, it's it's a matter of competence. It's a matter of understanding how things work. And I think there's broad consensus. How much worse are things going to be if we go to some universal system? Well, we have a new study out today, Glenn, that is published in, um, I wrote a piece in USA Today, showing that our new study from Johns Hopkins shows that we spend as a, on a federal level of all federal spending in the United States by the federal government, 48% of all spending is going to health care right now in all of its hidden forms. Okay, it's crazy. Oh, Think about that next yeah. time you fire, filed your taxes. And so what is this Medicare for all? Um, what are these people proposing we increase that to? 70, 90 percent? People forget it's not just our federal spending on Medicare and Medicaid. It's 
People are using their Social Security checks now for their co- Medicare co-pays. We have a giant VA health system. The Defense Department has a health care system. And we pay, pay uh, health insurance benefits for 9 million federal workers and their families and retirees. And interest on the debt is in part interest on the health care spending debt. So half of our federal spending right now is going to health care. We don't need to just pour more money into this. We need to cut the waste. Look, we all want health care for everybody in America. Who doesn't want that? But pouring more money into this broken system is not going to get us there. We already spend enough money to give everybody gold-plated health care. We just need to cut the waste. Uh, Doctor, I appreciate uh, the conversation, and I really appreciate the book. It's really easy to read. It makes it um, it makes it very relatable because we all have either been through these stories or uh, you know or know somebody who has. And I appreciate the way you're looking at this. Uh, the name of the book is "The Price We Pay: What Broke American Healthcare and How to Fix It." You might want to send it to uh, your favorite congressman, senator, or presidential candidate. Thanks so much, Doc. Appreciate it. Sponsor this half hour is um, X-Chair. Your company is about to seal a deal. You can feel it. There's there's electricity humming in the room. You know that it, at the end of this meeting, the merger is going to happen. But there's a problem. Just as you're reaching the decision phase, the already... Uh, the representatives who are already tired or shifting uncomfortably in their seats and you stare at the office chairs in your boardroom and they look like piles of bricks stuffed in piddle cases and you realize it's all going to go to hell because I was too damn stupid to see that the chair that I should have bought was an X chair. X chair has the dynamic variable lumbar support. The X chair is what you need for a comfortable work day. And thanks to the 30-day no-questions-asked guarantee of satisfaction, you have zero risk. Now, most companies can't make that kind of offer because most companies couldn't you know, afford anybody shipping it back. Well, that's why they can do it at X chair. Nobody's shipping these back. They're as good as I say they are. Ten different uh, adjustments on the X chair. It is made to fit you and everyone else that sits in it. X chair on sale now for a hundred dollars off. Just go to X chair That's X chair B E C K.com or call one eight four 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 X chair. Go to X chair right now. Use the promo code Beck. You'll receive a free set of the new X wheels with your chair. That's X chair You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, program. We're just talking about the opioid crisis, and it's something we should get into because of of Purdue Pharmaceuticals now going uh, going to declare bankruptcy. It's amazing. I, I the way this story has come down. Look, we know that there's a huge problem with opioids. It's legitimately been a massive health crisis, and you know you you need to correct that. But the idea that you can just blame this one family for all of this is insanity. Not only did the entire scientific community, but also several government agencies all believe that these the new kind of opioids that came out from Purdue and, and others, by the way, they were not the only ones. Um, the, the idea that the, con, the, the, the consensus was they were going to be less addictive. So we should than the previous. The, I should tell the story tomorrow of the family. 
Let me tell the story. Have you heard the the family story? Have you heard yeah. the whole thing? Yeah, it's so, pretty. It's pretty interesting. It's really fascinating. So let me tell the story of the family, uh, and you will see why everybody's going after their throats. However, I'm really sick and tired of hearing people say opioids are you know the worst ever. No, opioids have helped me many times in my life, and I'm not alone. There, fentanyl. If you are at the end of your life and you're in agonizing pain, fentanyl is good. When fentanyl is bad is when you are not at the end of your life. You know what I mean? Uh, Or you don't know what it is and you're just taking it. It can kill you. Same with opioids. You, You... each of us have to be responsibility. You're not a slave. Oh, yeah, and this goes down every little level of this, right? You know, no pharmaceutical company writes a prescription for anybody. Yeah, but they advertise. Yeah, yeah, but they advertise. That's like, what are we talking about here? Doctors write prescriptions for their individual patients. They, if they decide that that's the best thing for their uh, for their patient, then that is their decision. The patient can decide whether to take that or not. The the company, yes, can try to push and recommend, just like every other aspect of our society, right? Bud Light constantly is telling me I should drink Bud Light. It's up to me whether to decide to go and buy it. It's up to the person at the register whether I'm of age and, and it's appropriate to sell it to me. All the, like They act as if this one family, this evil, it's so much easier to say, oh, the Sackler family. They're like the Koch brothers. They, they're responsible for everything that's bad. It's like it is an, an inane reading of what actually occurred to blame this one family for this problem. And that, it, that's what, they're, that's what that everybody's what we doing. Want? That is isn't what we, that want. What we want. want. We want this easy villain. Yeah. And we just, we just If we can just get them and make them pay for what we did, what we did. Back with more on tomorrow's broadcast. And don't miss Pete Buttigieg, his profile tonight, 5 o'clock, only on the Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program.